you know, I think about times when I was in a, a, a big hole mentally and a shift started with a little moment. It's like you might have a hundred moments throughout the day and you can't spin any of them positively. You can't be present in any one of those opportunities, but maybe one of them sticks out and suddenly you're like, oh, that's a nice leaf or, you know, something. Um, and then the next day, maybe two out of a hundred and, and over years, you know, even, even if you're in the depths of kind of despair and pessimism with your mindset, there are ways to progressively, uh, find your autonomy and your choice with your life. everyone. Welcome to Movement Matters. I'm your host, Colin Kurtz. Like you didn't know that. I'm just going to get right into uh, telling you about the guest today. The guest is Brian Nevison. And he lives down in Bollockinwood. I met Brian, I reached out to Brian sometime last year. I forget exactly when. And I drove, I slept all the way down to Bollockinwood to meet him. It was a time when you know, things were just, we were in his infancy groove with Koru. And I really wanted to meet fellow movement coaches, especially male movement coaches. And he really came to my attention because he uses this one method called a. Uh, kin stretch or functional range conditioning, none of which we talk about. <laughs> in fact, we don't talk about really movement in any kind of conventional sense. It's, it's all movement, but we don't talk about movement in any conventional sense at all, I'm pretty sure. We, we talk about Wim Hof and, and our shared interest in the cold, which I didn't know. But in general, we basically don't talk about movement in a normal sense at all, which was wonderful and by no means intentional, but it was wonderful because there's so much more to this, this lovely fella. I was going to say young man, but I think we're the same age and we all know I'm an old fart. Um, I am an old fart, but yes, I met Brian and we've, we've only been in person together once <laughs> when we met down at his place. And we've talked about doing a podcast. We've talked about him coming to Koru. Obviously, with um, COVID, you can imagine things changed and Balakunwit isn't around the corner. But I was really committed to wanting to get to know Brian more or at least have this kind of interaction with him because this, this media is so... It's kind of transformational, the way, at least the way I do it, where we're just... It's like a session for both people, both parties, all, everybody included. It's kind of a session. It's a journey. It's an exploration. And it's fun. And I knew it would be fun with Brian. And he delivered. He nailed it. We did a good job. It's a fun conversation. It's real. It's raw. I learned how he's had an even harder year than I thought. We've all 
been in handling the challenges of this year and the and yeah, I'm at the risk of sounding uh, naive or insensitive, the opportunities of this year, but by no means have the opportunities been without challenges. Um, but he has so obviously handled them with this poise and this grace and this strength that is just hard to ignore and hard to, you wouldn't even want to ignore it because it's so obviously good. If you spend like a minute looking at any of his stuff on social media, especially Instagram, he seems most active there, you'll see like this guy, you're going to feel moved. And I'm pretty sure that is exactly what he wants. You're going to but specifically feel moved in a, we'll say, we'll just oversimplify it, positive way, which is critical to his entire sort of MO, his brand. It's called Smiles Take You Miles, and he walks his walk, um, which is probably a big part of why I think it's such a great conversation and such a great journey and, and probably a consistent theme for what I'm really seeking here, which is to connect and to share the um, the methods that people who walk their walk, to connect with people who walk their walk, walk their talk, excuse me, and to understand their methods, but in a way that is obviously not so cookie cutter and not so first this, first this, or first this, then this, then this, then this, because as is primarily um, of importance to what I call real wellness, or you could say my brand, that's not real. It isn't usually one, two, three, and then it just followed along. It's I can, I, so rarely that, if ever, <laughs> occasionally, but so rarely. <clears throat> the formulas are far and few between. That's not to say it's like calculus though, but the formulas are far and few between. Anyway, uh, before I continue on that potentially confusing tangent, I'll reel myself back in and just say, Brian was a delight to speak with, and I think you're going to enjoy it. And you're going to, as seems to, again, often be the case, feel, see, well, see what it's like for, for men to be um, dynamic with each other. That is to say, laugh and cry and take a stand and question themselves and so on and so forth. That's what I get when I even just look at how Brian lives his life. And that is what I got when I was engaged in this conversation with him. It's a good one. I'm tempted to leave it with that, but I'm, I'm just brushing through the notes here. There aren't any notes. And <laughs> just entertain myself. Um, I guess I'm a little, I'm, a, I'm in a good mood. I was in the sauna, body's feeling very strong. It snowed. Today's the first snow. That's exciting. And now again, it's, it, you hesitate to say things like this, but there's so much that is, that I am in my own way feeling good about. And I know so much is hard. I, I see how people are struggling 
in so many different ways every day. And it's, it's not like it isn't part of my world, but I think if there's anything that's really energizing for me on a personal level, and a big part of why these conversations are really popping and I'm getting more and more into them and feeling inspired to have more and more of them is because of the tools that I, I know matter are proving their worth constantly over and over and over. And I want you to know that. So let's leave it at that. I don't really have any macro shit to talk about. I don't really know even what's going on. I was t- my client told me earlier today that um well, of course there's usually two things, COVID and the election, right? Client told me earlier today that uh I guess the PA or the entire Supreme Court shut down whatever Trump was trying to do in Pennsylvania. You know, I will say this because it led to a really great conversation with this client. There's a way that people used to try to oppress others and impose force and, and like take over. And it was really in your face and direct and it, and obvious, like there were guns and there was killing. The challenge of, and I'm, I'm thinking of literal like dictators like Mao and Pol Pot and like various historical examples of actual um, uh, tyranny <laughs> and totalitarianism. And the thing that happened was they would of course suppress a kind of thinking and it was blunt, it was blatant. Something similar, I, I believe, is happening and it's affecting people in an extraordinarily important way and somewhat con- dis- very disconcerting, actually, way. And the methods are very, very slippery. And what I think is the easiest way to put it is it's a consistent and almost constant negation of the possibility for there to be solutions, for there to be anything to take responsibility for. You just look at the concept of climate change. There's a way that our psyches, in a sense, are being fucked with, (laughs) akin to a previous kind of totalitarian rise to power that's essentially the, the the tools are to suggest the tool basically is to suggest somewhat intentionally and somewhat unintentionally that there's nothing we can do and not only is that disempowering it's incredibly destructive all right and i don't think it's true more importantly i'll leave you with that thank you enjoy brian because <laughs> that's delightful that walk down that little lane is uh, is now going to be marked by something delightful with Brian Nevison of Smiles Take You Miles. Enjoy. Um, but yeah, I am definitely going to go get in after this. So good. A solid hour is nice, um, yeah. especially because it's only like the, well, we've only been in person once. I guess this is like the second or third time we've done a recording of any kind.
That's right. I feel like we've we've been in person a lot more. <laughs> only once, man. Only Surprise. once. Um, but yeah, I will get in the sauna afterwards. It's such a yeah. When's the last time you actually been in one? You know, it's it's actually been a few years. I've I've kind of approximated one in my car before. So I found that I used to do that. <laughs> Did you? Oh, that's that's funny. Well, it's not the yeah, same, but yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's not, but it's um like in the hot days, hundred degree heat of the summer. You know, I get in my car and I realized, you know, I start going outside in the in the spring when it's really hot, the hottest part of the day. So that by August, I'm pretty pretty much adapted to the heat for the most part. And then I realized, well, I could adapt even further. I could sit in the car. And instead of turning on the AC, I kept the windows closed and I just focused on breathing. And next thing I know, I'm pouring sweat and doing that for a few minutes every day. Suddenly, I became much more comfortable with it. Similar to the other extreme, you know, with, um, you know, uh, Wim Hof style, cold ice baths, cold showers, you know, you start getting better at handling those stressors. Right. Is that part of your lifestyle? I didn't know that actually. Somewhat. I, I had a friend actually do oh, a, you a just Wim got Hof. a lot clearer all of a sudden. Oh, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I had a friend do a um a Wim Hof workshop at my my facility back in January, maybe. And um I've I've been doing cold showers, occasionally ice bath. Um and uh maybe it was December actually. And so I, I don't do it regularly at this point, but I I do regularly um, expose myself to stressors with the intent to control my my breathing, my nervous system. Yeah. I had no idea. I didn't know that was part of your um, world at all, but it makes sense, of course, because I obviously you know that that's a major part of what we do here and what I do in yeah. my, my day-to-day self-care and... and um, routines. But I talk about that a lot. So I didn't even plan for that to come up with you. But it's good that that's something more we have in common. I had no idea. It just makes sense because it's it's such a, a it's relatively objective. I don't think you can avoid the value of it no matter who you are or what your walk of life. It's It's kind of one of those. One of the best things about it is it seems like it's essentially true for everybody. I've not I met agree. anyone for whom it isn't. Even on like less like extreme scales, there's more and more um, push for people, especially you mentioned, obviously, where uh, you, you said COVID's taking off, which I want to talk about. But um, mm. there was this very, I think it was coming from the context of a thrift store that my mom gets emails from. And the thrift store's newsletter acknowledged how to deal with the stress of our modern predicaments and specifically of course what's what's the unexpected things that we're all dealing with now and it had to do with cold water and it wasn't as extreme as even just a cold shower but just take time to put cold water on your face and your neck and your head um and of course my mom knows wow. my routines and yeah it's everywhere man and it's gonna i think continue to be so because it just we're gonna have to reconcile our disconnection with the unavoidable what I call realities of, of life on earth. And you called, you referred to it as stressors, which is how it's often presented, but 
I wonder, do you, does that word really ring true with you? I wonder. And I, I don't That's have any a good question. <laughs> uh, as, as far as the kind of the cold exposure you mean, or. Well, uh, as far as here's how I often hear people relate to the concept of stressors when they're talking in those terms as if, and what they're seemingly often suggesting is you have to, um, it's almost a little bit like you have to suffer. Ah, uh, right. Get harder, push yourself. And I don't completely disagree with any of that, of course, but I do wonder if the spirit of that attitude is truly, um, well, I'm not sure that it truly fits the kind of evolution that I personally believe is is best for humanity. But and I, I have a suspicion it might not for you either. <laughs> that's 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 correct. Um, for for me, yeah. The the term stressor, I really think of it. I say stressor. I think of it more as stimulus, um, a stimulus that you can adapt to, and it, it is a different lens. And what's funny, this kind of blends into I've. I get this a lot about people remarking on, um, you know, my positive, positive mindset. Um, and it's in contexts sometimes that's not, to me is not overtly positive, but it's just little things like that, like, um, a stimulus versus a stressor, because I see it as, and if you're into, uh, Wim Hof, you know, it's kind of about accepting and breathing into some of the discomfort, um, and not so much bracing and trying to force your way through it. Um, yeah, it's not about getting tougher. No. no. <laughs> right. Wim, Wim is a hippie. He's a freaking hippie. <laughs> right. It's not about getting tougher at all. Uh, it's about changing your whole idea of what it means to be a human and the right. thinking that you have to Harden in that conventional sense. That's not what I what I get from Wim. That's not at all what I get from and the people that I think um, are most like him. There's a guy Casper Vandermeulen who I really emulate as well. And it's not about that at all. It's about reorganizing your very thinking around what it means to enjoy life and how to enjoy yes. life, which of course is your mo and your the. Uh, yeah. And it, a lot of that is perception. And so part of Wim's stuff, and I'm not a hundred percent, like, um, I should say as familiar as I could be, but based on what I got from what I've it was what not I've on learned, my list. Cause I didn't, even um, <laughs> but it's, I'm trying to remember my train of thought here, but you know, it's kind of a, it's a mindset shift, uh, and seeing things a little bit differently that, that I've experienced with certain things in life where you can look at it in a bunch of different ways. You know, you're not going into the cold water and creating, trying to create armor. <laughs> you are, you know, you're breathing into it and you're kind of allowing your nervous system to, um, you're allowing yourself to control your nervous system in a way mm -hmm. and interact with this stimulus. So it's, it's very interesting. And I think a lot of people kind of go through life with a lot, 
you know, we're always getting different stimuli, whether someone smiles at us or frowns or yells or the weather. Um, and you can look at it with a, a lens of kind of curiosity and observation um, and acceptance, or you can look at it more as all these things can be offensive to you, just like the cold or the heat can be an offense. Right. And therefore um, you would need armor. Right. Right. And I think when I say this, I think about clients I've, I've worked with and people I've seen who, when they're lifting weights, it's like the weight is attacking them. Mm. <laughs> you know, when they're exercising, they're bracing and creating all this additional um, stress. And it's one thing to control the tension within your body so you can create more strength. But it's another thing entirely to get that stress response of the shoulders shrugging up and the, you can just see a difference. Uh, and I've always thought that was interesting that some people basically go in and their workout and their training is like war. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, that's their mentality. Yes, exactly. So I did not know that would be the sounding board for basically the entire conversation, but it, it makes complete <laughs> sense. And it's a big part of why I appreciate and, and admire whatever you are always um, presenting. And I, I want to get to some of the very specific aspects of your life, your brand, and, and a potential elephant in the room, which could be the, the shift in the, the most recent shift in your business world. Um, yeah. But the, the thing that's worth, I think, unpacking a little bit more here that um, you seemed to really appreciate when I um, said it in response to one of your questions is, is what is the most, what was the question that I said, uh, choice, awareness of choice? What was the question? How do you define, do you remember? Uh I'm blanking. Um, I couldn't find it. I was looking for it, but it, whatever, it was something to the effect of how do you define like, um, I guess real, what I would call real wellness, but real like health. How do you truly understand health? Yes. It was a very, it was a generic kind of question. And, um, I'm, con I'm consistently shocked at how, well, consistent the answer for me is and it really does come down to self-awareness specifically of choice and i think that's what you're basically describing is the fact that yeah that same stimulus can catalyze at least two different kinds of responses and it all comes down to how you relate to it and your awareness of it no matter what the freaking context every single moment every single context i specific i can remember Back in 2014, doing things that I do today, I've just been reflecting on this, especially in the last 24 hours, and legitimately damaging my body and my psyche and hurting myself. And between then and now, over the last six years, the, the only thing that's changed is that, just self-awareness, specifically of choice, and really understanding how I do have choice. And if I have power in any context, it's from remembering that I don't. I don't think there's a whole lot more I can truly um, authentically say I can anchor in in every moment. And it seems like you kind of have that same general attitude for everything. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. Because you, you come across as if you've also had to, you've been through some serious shit, to be blunt. 
Yes, yes. And <laughs> this year in particular, more than some others. And um, but yeah, and and it makes me grateful for all all of this kind of uh, mindset shifting that I've found and self-awareness over the past bunch of years, because, you know, the reality is I can't imagine handling this five years ago. Um, and we really do have a choice and we can, we can choose how we perceive certain things, how we respond to them. At the very least, we can choose how to respond to our thoughts and feelings. You know, at, at times it's difficult to control our immediate reflexive responses, mm. but we can we can make decisions on how we respond to that. So, you know, I'm not bypassing the reality that, you know, depression and anxiety exists and certain physiological responses that can be very, very challenging to control are real. Um, but over time, we can chip away at things. You know, I think about times when I was in a, a, a big hole mentally and a shift started with a little moment. It's like you might have a hundred moments throughout the day and you can't spin any of them positively. You can't be present in any one of those opportunities, but maybe one of them sticks out and suddenly you're like, Oh, that's a nice leaf or, you know, something. Um, and then the next day, maybe two out of a hundred and, and over years, you know, even, even if you're in the depths of kind of despair and pessimism with your mindset, there are ways to progressively uh, find your autonomy and your choice with your life. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm very curious because again, it come you. My perception of, uh, for, I think I've known you and to the extent that I know you for less than a year. I don't recall exactly when I came down to Balakinwood, um, but it certainly hasn't been that long. But my perception from just the obviously distanced relationship I have with you is again, that you've, you've been through some serious stuff. And certainly just this year, I know of at least your friend. And now of course, this big change with the business, I assume it's a big change. Yes. Um, I, I'm constantly, well, not constantly, but I'm definitely in this moment and, and generally wondering, especially with people who don't, know or don't have that motivation or don't have that in, um, uh, intrinsic desire to to shift whatever's going on for them with whatever tool they they could use do you think do you think you have to hit a certain kind of the phrase that's coming to mind is rock bottom do you think you have to get to a certain kind of rock bottom beforehand because yeah the footnote to that is i I wonder if we're going through a collective rock bottoming in many ways right now. And it's a matter of us. It really comes down to a matter of choosing to live or not, doesn't it? Yeah. I, I think it does. To be a little <laughs> epic about it. Or <laughs> right. right. No, I mean, there's a lot of life and death scenarios. Um, you know, I've thought about that because I've, I've hit, what seemed like rock bottom, at least I know in my mind, um, been through some challenges that, you know, feeling alone and dealing with what I didn't realize at the time was massive anxiety, bouts of depression, severe physical pain, not being able to do the things I loved. 
And um, I think that does breed some degree of positivity and self-awareness if you can stick through it. And I don't know exactly what, what causes it. Um, I know it's like, at some point you have to make the choice that like, you know what, I need to do something. And I remember doing, going through a shift where I thought I have no right to complain until I'm doing everything in my power I can control. And so I, I kind of shifted to this, like, what can I control? I'm going to do that. I'm going to try my best to accept everything else. And it's a process, but yeah, I mean, I, I used to, um, my previous job a few years ago really burned me out. It was a kind of an abusive environment, extremely busy. Um, I just had too much on my plate and every day I got in my car, I smiled and I said, thank you out loud. Um, I would recite poems to myself on the way to work and all these, all these little things kind of accumulate um, and I saw that as sort of building a positive mindset in the face of resistance, sort of strengthening that so that when I left and found a better environment, um, I was more equipped to deal with everything. Hmm. Do you think your clients get, get that from you through just, is, is the movement education even really that <laughs> critical <laughs> <laughs> yeah, meaning uh, people can can't necessarily see our faces for those who are just <laughs> listening i guess it's like i i mean i've been watching like i said for the last year just the extent to which you yes you write poetry you share your poetry you share your i guess daily thoughts and and the things that really stand out the most are you literally will put on costumes and and play and it's like wow this guy goes above and beyond the norm to reflect something positive and obviously on brand smile <laughs> smiles taking him miles um i can't imagine i can't imagine people don't really get that from like get moved by that uh, enough like that alone you're almost like a performing artist sometimes when i see you as a <laughs> I, I appreciate that i <laughs> Um, I, I've had a couple people reach out and say, you know, you could be a good actor and that that's kind of a good compliment. You know, I, yeah. I, I the more I think about it, the more but, I realize, but you're not acting though, is the point. No, well, right. That's, that is the, cause point. you also occasionally make it clear how, as you have hinted already, you are struggling. Right. Right. I, that's the most potent thing I try to share is that, you know, when I, when I talk about, to me, positivity and what smiles take you miles means is, you know, you, you have power to affect your mindset in your life. Um, and part of that is acknowledging everything. I don't sweep, I do my best not to sweep things under the rug. You know, for a lot of people, they think positivity is people just hiding behind a smile and saying, I'm fine all the time and things are great. Um, to me, it's, can I, can I smile? Can I spend more of my mental and physical energy on the constructive things and the more positive things while still acknowledging and learning from the challenges? Mm -hmm. 
And that's where I find the most growth and the most happiness. It is potent. It is. I, I, I get it. I feel it with you. I see it. And it's like, wow. And it honestly, the main effect you've had on me to be most direct is um, seeing your use of even just media as a, as a platform for more authenticity. Like I, it's given me courage to do the same thing in my, in the ways that I feel inspired to. Um, because yeah, there's, there's nothing potent about faking it. Right. No, no, that's, it's true. And you know, something interesting that some back and to hiding in it, you can tell when somebody's hiding from something. Yes, that is very true. <laughs> that is very, and that's one of the things, you know, I've never in recent years, I have never been afraid of like meeting someone or, um, the prospect of a job interview. Uh, I've become, you know, more comfortable just recording stuff and posting it because I think, well, I'm, I have nothing to hide. I'm, I'm going to try to just let myself out on camera. And similar to, to how you stated your intentions with the podcast of having these open conversations, that's some of my ideas. Like I don't want to have a, for the most part, have a video that I post that's rehearsed because people can feel that and it just doesn't come off the same. Yeah, I, I strive in general to for my agenda to be to not get attached to the agenda too much in general. And of course, you got to be productive. You got to do there are that's not an all or nothing. It's not like occasionally I don't have a very clear to do list <laughs> that I check off things. But uh, right to me, that's the nature of, of play. And that's that's one of the key things that I perceive as part of your um, lifestyle and, and how you take care of yourself is to allow for whatever is to be, so to speak. And <laughs> like that. yeah, of course. And then back to the question, I guess, I, I wonder for myself in terms of clients, in terms of the, the larger scale, like do people need to hit rock bottom? And it, it's a question that to me hits on a lot. There are a lot of important components to that question that uh, we could probably spend some time unpacking, but I'm just curious, what do you think? I think it's certainly in some contexts, you know, yeah. I think you sort of have to hit a certain barrier where, again, it's like a stimulus that, that stimulates growth. Um, and maybe some, for some of us, it's, well, we're just, we're stagnant in some area and life is just going to force us to grow um, force us to adapt and, or guide us. So I, I would go towards the yes on that. I think, <laughs> because if you think about life and, and you go through and relatively speaking, you don't experience much hardship or many challenges. Um, what happens when suddenly you do, you know, that's where this year has been all right. We are going to be unpacking this. <laughs> go on, then. So, <laughs> so, so for me, I think about this year, and I'll, I'll, I'll just go through it real quick. Um, you know, I, I was in kind of a not ideal relationship that I ended in the in the winter, but there was oh, a lot of stress that led to that. You know, it was not, it was not good. Um, so, I, you know, I ended things with my girlfriend, and it was challenging. I. I'm empathetic. I knew it was the right decision, but it wasn't easy. Mm. Uh, it was about a two-year relationship. 
shortly thereafter, um, in March, I closed my studio because of the of COVID. In June, my my best friend um, committed suicide. I and, didn't realize uh, it was suicide. Yeah, yeah, and um, and then you know here recently, oh, I had a knee injury in the middle of that. Um, I couldn't get it checked out because of COVID, but <laughs> rehabbed it. And then you know, yeah, recently I uh, yeah, geez, we you had can't to tell with all the jumping you're doing. I right, well, the the mobility stuff works. <laughs> um, we we had a couple weeks ago, three weeks ago, we had to put our dog of 17 years down. Saw that. Yeah. And then just this past week, today I handed in the keys for my studio. Yeah, that's the big one I, I knew about most recently. I was like, wow, good timing talking to him. That's going to be... It is. This morning I dropped your shift. Off. But yeah, it's been... I'll, I'll just say real quick and then what's been empowering is thinking like, I can't believe I'm smiling, <laughs> but it's not fake. You know, I'm, I feel like I feel equipped to handle all this. Not that it's all ideal, but imagine if the last 10 years I hadn't gone through any hardship and this hit. There'd be no, there would be no, um, no way I'd be able to handle it. <clears throat> yeah. Where I, before you went down that yeah. list, some of those things that I, or some of those things I knew, some I didn't, um, namely your friend, uh, before I bring us back to anything more macro, I'd be remiss if we didn't hone in on some of those specifics. So his name is Shah. Uh, Shah. Mm -hmm. I wasn't saying it right. I had no idea he committed suicide. It was, it was kind of a shock. You know, no one really saw it coming. Jesus. And uh, yeah, it was, you know, sometimes it's, it's really kind of interesting. Um, I reconnected with some old friends in the process of the funeral and some of the services. And um, I remember thinking, wow, you know, it's nice I get to see these people. <laughs> it's pretty remarkable how when you start to realize like, wow, my brain is naturally reframing things without me even trying. Um, and that it doesn't happen by accident. I think years of, of spending time being present and focusing on some of the positive aspects of life and choosing to spend that energy, it strengthens that pathway, I think. So when you end up with a tragedy, I'm not ignoring my pain and I'm not ignoring the sadness. I'm feeling it all. And I'm able to feel gratitude, uh, which is pretty remarkable. Yes, it is. It's a very dynamic way of being and it's probably a the closest thing to a ideal human, I suspect. Um, the alternative is just one flavor, which seems, again, not to get macro, that seems counter to what life really requires. But uh, right, wow, that's impressive. Um, it's impressive to say the least. I admittedly... Don't think that. Okay, so I have how many people? I, I do know a few people, for better or worse, who have who have killed themselves. Yeah, mm. it's been a long while since I've been to a funeral for one, though. And do you think people were 
like you mentioned these friends was it high school right you guys were in high school together or grade school uh, we okay. were in, yeah well i knew shy since second grade yeah wow yeah so some and of the you're, fr- are you 30 33 33 oh okay we're about the same age so that's a f- wow um do you do you think people connected with like the fact that you're like you didn't come across, I suspect, as disconnected from the the horror of this. Right. No, no, not at all. In fact, um, some of this I didn't fully express to people, but... Yeah, but if you feel, if you're aware, like you said, self-awareness being the primary sort of mechanism and, and uh, um, outcome, if you're a- aware of that with yourself, it's going to... People, you know, it's going to come across a certain way and you think, mm-hmm. but go on though. I, I think it affected people positively in the sense that it wasn't like overt. Oh, I'm so grateful. <laughs> it was, it was just a sense of. No, oh, I wouldn't expect that. <laughs> I, I guess a sense of calm and sadness, but acceptance. Um, I actually, I, I spoke at his funeral, um, and, uh, and it wasn't something I knew for sure I was going to be doing. Um, and I didn't, I didn't plan anything. So I just kind of got up there and, and said some things that people could relate to. And um, I think uh, based on the feedback, people really seemed moved by it. And it wasn't anything extraordinary. It was just, you know, speaking about what everyone could relate to and what everyone knew he was. Um, so it, in, in my experiences with people, I think I've realized that people pick up on some of that, the positive undertones, um, even if I don't realize I'm putting it out. Yeah, I would suspect that's the case. I think that's what I've, that's been my experience with you. Um, God, but even just, yeah, I didn't pick up on that even just a little bit that I was witnessing through social media. It's just, I just picked up on a tragic, unexpected death. Um, I like that you didn't plan what you were going to say. Was that like, obviously that was a choice that was on purpose. Do you, Mm -hmm. did it flow pretty naturally? It did. That's impressive. It's a good skill. I, thanks. Honestly, uh, probably some of the speaking on podcasts and social media helped a little sure. bit. Um, training people and doing classes helped just with public speaking. But, um, you know, I, I had been told, you know, maybe we'll have you speak. You know, I'm not sure. And then we were there and it was just they wanted me to come up and say some words. And uh, I just you didn't have any idea what you were going to say. I, I had a few ideas. I mean, I was literally standing there. You know, we're everyone's in masks and a little bit socially distant in the cemetery. And um, I'm going through just a couple of points. I wanted to make sure I mentioned if I was going up there. <laughs> and then it it was on the spot, and I thought, okay, we'll see how this comes out. And I I opened my mouth, and some things came out. Uh, I was really really happy with how it went, but I I didn't want any degree of um, practice or rehearsal to blunt some of the emotions and make it feel less genuine 
Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I wanted it. I wanted it to be something everyone could relate to and really feel. Um, so, you know, sometimes with speeches and I understand it, especially in a tragedy, it's not always easy to focus. And I get that people would need to <laughs> and want to rehearse something. And, and I thought, you know what, I want, I want these words to be fresh. Um, that's what he deserves. And that's what I think everyone else would be happy to hear. Yeah. Nobody remembers when the priest just reads off the, um, <laughs> the, the printout and fills in the blanks with the person's name and date and, and a couple bullet points. Nobody remembers that bullshit. So. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. Got it. Well, good for you to be able to do that. And I am, Sorry that your friend is gone, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And on a less, uh, hopefully less <laughs> dramatic note, I'm sorry about your dog, but it sounds like that was more expected. That was more, he, you know, he took a pretty quick turn, but, you know, 17 and a half, it's, it's hard to complain. It's, it's tough to say goodbye, but it was a little bit of a relief, so... Yeah. The, the new puppy um, is doing well. <laughs> oh my God! You guys already replaced him. Well, or... he was there already. We got oh. we got him about <laughs> not that quickly. Well, what I knew is I I, I told my family. <laughs> I I told them about a year and a half ago. I said, "Listen, I'm I'm around. I'm happy to help if you wanted to get a puppy because I suspect that when Charlie passes." you won't be able to get another one. So if you want another dog, now's the time I'm around to help. Mm. <laughs> they, and they did. And, um, it was good, but he's, um, he's sleeping better cause Charlie was up through the nights and you know, so Oof, that's rough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You live, did you move back in with your parents with COVID because of COVID or did you already so actually, live? I was, I was never fully out. I, when I moved back from state college, um, it was going to be a temporary thing. Uh-huh. As I figured things out. I went on a cross country road trip for like four weeks and then, um, it just ended up being kind of a symbiotic relationship. I would train my family. We would do sessions and, and it worked out and they liked having me here. Or at least that's what they said. And, uh, <laughs> but interestingly, like, right. So I, and the, and the studio, it was a nice opportunity to save some money, open the smile fitness. And is that the short version? Smile that's, fitness. Yes. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay. And, um, but, uh, I was actually looking at in the winter and early, really early spring, I was looking at apartments <laughs> and I was really glad I didn't pull the trigger on anything because then COVID hit and, you know, I didn't do any in-person sessions. So, um, that's my, that's my goal. But right now I'm in, um, I've renovated the basement. So I know I've seen some of the pic while well, you're, you finished. Well, I, in fact, I'm, I'm going to try not to unplug anything, but I'm, I'm actually in the basement now I've got, um, oh, wow. yeah, the wall looks different. That's for sure. Yeah. Kettlebells and weights and, uh, you know, some other stuff in here. I've got my, my grass, my turf, and, um, so I'll make some, some little modifications and stuff, but I've got most of this stuff done. Yeah. I, I, it seems really smart. And of course that's definitely on my list of things to talk about, but there's so many other juicy details. Um, 
And as far as living uh, people, I know people who have moved back with regard to COVID and um, chose to live at their parents and, or just generally be closer to family. And I'm not too far from my parents. Uh, uh, okay. Obviously, you know, I drove there and back today. Um, mm-hmm. It's relatively easy. Um, I think ideally we would live together if we just had enough room um, indoor and outdoor. I, you know, I have a almost 10 year old son. And for me, it seems like a no brainer that if we could cohabitate well, uh, which again, pretty much just comes down to enough space, then yeah, hell yeah, I would do it in a heartbeat. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's one of the stupidest norms of our society to ev- to have everyone go and have their own bills and their own expenses and their own this and their own that. And it's probably one of the main excesses that we are having to come to terms with because for whether it's um, a challenge in terms of handling the the finances or realizing that you're just, you, you have stuff you don't need. It's just, I don't think it in the long term serves anyone depending on, obviously some people really, really like their uh, particular version of privacy or obviously don't have healthy families, et cetera, et cetera. But in general, man, I, I think that's a mistake. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. I mean, there's, there's a stigma to, Oh, you're, you're living with your parents. And, you know, to me again, it's, it's kind of a symbiotic thing. There, there are benefits all around. Certainly there are times where I'm thinking, well, it'd be nice to have my own quiet space there's, there's something to being in a space and no one else being there. There's a different feel, even if you have privacy. But With, yeah. Without having to just go to the basement. Right, right. right. Now I can go to the basement and <laughs> yeah, this will be an adjustment not having the studio. But yeah, I mean, the fact that I spent between college and my job in state college, you know, I spent 10 years barely seeing my family. Like I literally felt like I didn't know them. Um, oh, wow. Which is... Techni- technically, they, it was your home address, but you were really all over the place. Right. Right. You know, I, well, I was in college and then, yeah, living in state college, um, for like seven years after that. So, Oh yeah. Well then you moved out. You oh, I did. Out. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> I did move out. So I was, I was out of here. Um, yeah. For almost 10 years. Yeah. You were three and a half hours away. I was. I, sorry, I, I thought I made that clear. That's no, I mis- I misunderstood it then. So yeah. I in twenty seven in the summer of twenty seventeen, I moved back. So I've been here since then for about three, a little over three years. Got it. Um, so the adjustment period was a little rough. <laughs> yeah. Um, because you know they have all their habits and everything established. Fortunately, it's a pretty big space. Um. You know, the basement is unfinished and there's a lot of, turns out when you have space, you store a lot of stuff. So. <laughs> George Carlin, George Carlin 101. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, the little bit that you can see from your recordings, uh, indoor and outdoor, there's a lot of room to play. It yeah. almost seems like you have the whole place to yourself most of the time. Right. I'm well, sure they, it's not true because your brother's there too, right? My brother's there too. Um, my, uh, my parents, my dad's 78, my mom is 70. And, um, and yeah, so I, I, I do most of the playing. 
name too. too. I, I, I think the neighbors at this point probably understand that I'm that crazy. That crazy. Yeah. Do people see when you're running and jump? And I don't even know. Is it's not jumping, but you're essentially falling on the ball and seeing how you flip over it. Do people witness this stuff? And when you're playing, when you're throwing a frisbee and and catching it yourself, are people seeing this? People are seeing that. Or are the hedges that high? (laughs) The hedges sometimes block things, but people see some stuff. Um, I I had a great story of uh, back when I was in state college, I went out on the turf field and it was a really hot day and I'm, there's no one out there except there's like an upper field and people are playing pickup soccer and I've got my Frisbee and I'm just ripping it and chasing it um, for like an hour. And the next day is a Monday and I have a client who I'm training and he said, you know, I saw what you were doing over the weekend. I saw you and I'm going, what? I didn't do anything bad. (laughs) He said, I saw you down on that field by yourself throwing the Frisbee. (laughs) And it's like, now I get you a little bit more. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, it's I one of my favorite things to see you doing. Like, because first <laughs> off, it's really impressive, but it's also because yeah, you are incredibly agile, and like, there's no indication you had a knee injury. And of course, I know you had a major shoulder uh, impairment many years ago, but there's no indication. It just looks like wow, look at this. <laughs> this guy is is a wild little. Uh, <laughs> um bouncy bouncy ball he's like a little bouncy ball he's like tigger and you dress up like tigger it's yeah (laughs) my parents used to call me tigger because i would i would uh, before i could stand i would use the crib and i would climb up and hold on and i would bounce and i would just bounce and bounce and that was that was my thing (laughs) you never climbed out of it though I did eventually. We we had some issues with gates. Um, they would put gates up, and I would climb over, and then I would climb um, bookshelves nice. and knock them over, tip them over, yeah. and then put two gates, and I would climb that. And typical, maybe not typical, but no, kids not typical, but it, it's it's great <laughs> if you're in tune with your 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 primate nature. It's great. Yeah, why not go climb something? That why are there things on that? It looks like something I should be climbing. Right. Opportunities. Yeah. This is you, this, the mindset. <laughs> you were a nonconformist from the get-go. I, I was quite a bit, yeah. <laughs> I mean that in the most complimentary sense. Oh, that's a that's a big compliment to me. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. COVID. How about that thing? Oh man. So obviously it goes hand in hand with the change in your business. It does. Yeah. And by no means is this uh, podcast going to be some way for you to promote your business because I'll be frank, I don't even know if anybody listens to this thing. <laughs> but at the, yeah. Um, what are, obviously, you're, you're going all online. You've created a, at least one course. Your website is really upgraded this year, right? Yes. Yeah. So I, I created um, my Smile Mobility membership. Mm-hmm. How's that going? That's going pretty well. I've, I've gotten a, a good amount of new members and um, some great feedback. So it's something I'm, I'm proud of. I had had a membership before that it just didn't, wasn't exactly what I wanted. And I wasn't, so I didn't promote it much. <laughs> um, and here out of necessity and because I'm more proud of it, I've gotten some people in. Um, I'm also doing some, uh, you know, remote Zoom sessions with, 
with some of my, my favorite clients. So a very different feel. Well, what I was thinking about asking and, and by no means do I want to sound cavalier, but you, it seems like have gone. And of course you have older, as you've pointed out, um, housemates. And I, I wonder if I'd be in, be feeling similarly if I had older housemates, but I, I certainly have housemates. I have a, a son who supposedly isn't too, uh, shouldn't be too concerned about in this particular context, but Ari, um, my fiance, I guess, obviously I've been seeing people. I mean, I even invited you to come here in person and you very clearly are, you're one of the people that I know who, and you're, you're number of you. Um, I don't think I'm being, like I said, cavalier, but you guys make me wonder if I am. <laughs> I, I got you. <laughs> you know, it's, I think it's a continuum and it's for me, you know, for example, with my studio, the, the HVAC and the ventilation is just not good. And I you thought, had so many windows though, or I guess they, they weren't didn't open. open. They don't open. Yeah. They don't open. So I had one air conditioner. Um, and then I had one window in the bathroom and it really, you know, it would get stuffy to the point that you know, last winter I had have to open the door because, you know, there wasn't a lot, like it was just get tough to breathe sometimes. And, um, so between the clients who were comfortable coming in and the amount of people I was comfortable having, it just wouldn't make sense to keep it open. And, um, you know, with my, with my parents being older they're, they're cautious and I want to really respect their, um, you know, their wishes. Yeah. So I wouldn't be doing, I would have been doing maybe a handful of sessions right now when the weather's nice, I'm doing some outside. Oh, good. Okay. So I am doing that, um, kind of outdoor socially distanced, but I thought if I'm not doing any group classes and I'm only doing a, a couple privates, it just wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't pay off having the studio at this point got it um what i was finding and i wasn't as familiar as you remember i didn't even know how to use the damn microphone uh, <laughs> what i was finding when i started zooming in i don't recall if i i probably started in march when I, right away i can't i don't remember if everybody or if anybody was right on board but um i i was not fulfilling i couldn't I didn't want to be hasty getting back to seeing people in person, but as soon as it seemed for no obviously good reason, safer again or safe again, completely arbitrarily safe. Um, I was, I was really needing it. I don't like doing it remotely and, and through the screen it's hard. Um, but you seem very good at it. You seem very adept at that way of engaging with people. Well, thank you. I, it's, I, I found the same thing and I find I don't love classes, especially oh, God. because that's where I, <laughs> you know, I can engage a little bit, but it's very, you know, if there's four, five, six well, people or you can't more, use your hands, <laughs> you can't use your, right. It's well, you know, I do my kin stretch classes and I'm like, I just want to let me, you know? And so you, what you end up doing is talking way more constantly. Um, demonstrating the entire time because it's like, well, I can only talk and show. So normally I wouldn't be doing as much um, physically. So it's exhausting. 
And yeah, it's, it's not fulfilling. So I do my one class uh, per week and I do kind of a, a half hour class on Thursdays with some people at CHOP and, and then I do smaller stuff. So I have a few clients um, that are one-on-one and I know very well. And then I have uh, like four guys that I train in a group, but I know all of them really well. So it hel- I found it helps if I'm, I have really good rapport with someone and a good connection with them. It's easier to sort of read their cues. You can, it's more natural. Um, I've been very resistant to taking on any new clients over Zoom. I just don't want to do it. Frankly, I don't want to do a lot of Zoom sessions because it's not what I want. <laughs> oh, but I will, in the spirit of gratitude and, and finding the positivity, I will say that it is really hard. I've It's been like iron through fire. I can definitely tell that I'm better. I'm better at what I do. Um, I've improved how I coach this year as a result of having to figure out new means and new methods and uh, new ways of communicating. And I'm feeling ready to create something more like a course at this point too. It's been a thing that I've resisted, even though it seems like a great, for in our business, something that you really need to eventually do if you're going to grow. You got to create a course. It's like, I'm so, so much better with my hands and face to face and improvising like the, the scripting out and, and um, structuring a course, which is valuable has been really challenging for me, but I've kind of figured it out this year, which I'm very happy about. Didn't think that would happen. <laughs> I mean, that's, it's pretty cool when that, when that happens, the first kind of thing I put out as a course online was really, it took so much time and energy and it's become easier. Um, again, the ideal, like I would love to get back out there at some point and do workshops. And that was a big thing I was thinking about is I want to do a few group classes a week and then a handful of weekends do different workshops and seminars and be hands-on and, and kind of uh, really engage with people. So it is challenging bringing that to an online modality. Uh, it just, it's tough to figure out because you can't change on the fly. You know, you have a video <laughs> or a PDF or something and it's like, oh, that's what it is. That's what it is. Right. Yeah. And it's probably going to be eventually dated, but right, that's what it was for that moment. Yeah. Um, like iron in the fire, I can tell that it's catalyzed a, a lot of positive uh, learning and, and um, sharpening of skills. So that is good. But yeah, being in person, so much more satisfying. Um, do you, I know you're very, well, let me think before I go into that. Do you think anything about this vaccine business? Is it something that you have any relevant thoughts about? You I'll know, say that I, I don't. I don't really know what to think, quite frankly. But what do you think? I don't know exactly what to think. I, I follow some virus scientists, and um, it seems encouraging. But in terms of making a wide-scale difference, we're, I, it seems like we're pretty far away from that just because it wouldn't be available to a large amount of people right away. Um, but what if you could, based on the information you have, um, taken on, taken in. Do you have a sense of? 
I would, I would delay summer or you delay what I taking it myself. Yeah. Me, that's what I lean towards. It's just, you know, it's hard to know when you don't have any long-term studies. And I understand that you can sort of, it's, it's like, um, forecasting with weather, (laughs) you know, based on the past, we can predict how this might (laughs) play out, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you for better. Yeah, I hate to sound I definitely don't have any interest in general conspiracy theories. I hate to even entertain anything like that, but I'm not I don't think I would do it. I don't think I would do it yet. Yeah, I would I think I would just want to give it more time. Realistically, it sounds if they get something that is effective and they believe in, I mean, it would go to people most at risk and and essential workers. So, yeah. Um I guess we would have to wait anyway, but uh, yeah, right. I, it's not something I would I would feel super comfortable taking. I, it's encouraging that they seem to have effective vaccines coming along, but I think we're pretty far away from it making a difference. So you're not trying to plan for when you're going to reopen any kind of uh, brick and mortar space. That's that's for sure. <laughs> exactly. So at this point, you know, I'm I'm trying to be opportunistic with the weather. If it's nice, I've got clients that are like, okay, when it's nice, we'll go out, we'll do sessions. Others that I'm doing remotely, and I'm trying to build the the online membership. So it, you know, in a way, it's tough. In another way, it's uh, it's interesting because I'm not tied down too much. I don't. I don't see too many people in person. If there wasn't a pandemic, I could go wherever I wanted. <laughs> Do you watch <clears throat> even, I was even watching something that was um, set in the sixties and I saw the main characters getting on a plane. And I was like, Oh wow, that's brave. I was like, Oh wait, no, God, what the fuck? <laughs> it messes with your head. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what did they do? Oh, wow. No. This is a show first off, and it was it was the sixties. What am I thinking? <laughs> Jesus Christ! I've had the same, the same like mental, like oh, what? Why are they hugging all these people? They're at a what are you doing? <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> it's pretty funny. Yeah, it sure is. It sure is. There's this topic, and we've got till five thirty. Did I what you said? We got a. There's this topic that uh, I've I've got here, and I don't even know how to really approach it because I'm not even sure it's that interesting. But you're, I mentioned how you kind of inspired me, and I, I you and and some other people. I like how you've taken the um, context of movement, whether it's on purpose or not, and broadened it into a larger, more macro. Uh, context it's not just about quote unquote the body and you've you've even seemingly to me this is the essence of somatics like we i think talked about before you've intentionally connected taking care of your body and being conscious of your body and being aware of so to speak your health and um the larger social needs and social shifts that need to take place and you are very i think I appreciate it. You're very uh, direct and uh, engaged in the larger social um, conversations, to put it in a very neutral um, (laughs) context at first, to present it in a very neutral way. But 
I'm, I'd love to hear what you think about what's going on in the very um, specific sense of, you know, predicting the weather. What are you, what are you seeing? What's happening? And how do you relate to it as is right now? Yeah, just with our kind of social climate. You yeah, mean? I guess that's the yeah. term we would use. <laughs> well, I think, you know, like you sort of alluded to earlier about hitting rock bottom as a collective, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. it's like, I think there's a lot of realization going on about things that are not ideal in our country and certain mindsets that persist. One, of, I think one of the big ones, of course, there's the, the, the Black Lives Matter movement and just generally human rights, um, people's rights, and the fact that there are, there are groups of people that seem to want to suppress the rights of others. Um, and, you know, then there's people that are a little bit indifferent. And to me, it makes sense to, to stand on what you believe and, and be confident about it. And I, you know, I think to, um, to sort of neglect that doesn't take into account all our full wellness. You know, our, our mental health as a country is, is only going to be as good as our, it's like the, um, you know, you're only as, as strong as your weakest link. Uh, we, we can't have people in my mind, ideally that are being oppressed and whose wellness is, is not in their control and be a healthy country. Um, so, so wellness is not just a physical thing. You, we, we need to acknowledge things that are going on. For sure. And, you know, we, we have these different labels in our industry of, um, the one that I least like is trainer, but then there are people who are coaches and mentors and what are some others? Um, and facilitators, instructors, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, wellness coach, life coach. Yeah, all that, all that crap. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think what I wish, and it's what I like about your approach, uh, one of the many things I like about your approach is I wish people would recognize that this is a literal re-education. Like education is the whole point. You're, we are needing to learn how to be human and maybe I think it's fair to say better human, but I would even say how to actually be functional, uh, human beings. It's an educational process. And obviously that would imply teaching and teachers. Now, even a speaker is, is engaged in some sort of education. And, um, I've really owned that this year. I've been getting better at owning that and, and essentially pointing out that that's what's needed. I, I don't see how anything could improve without a reorganizing of our entire education. And the improvements, obviously I know you and I are on the same page about what the improvements need to be, but I think it's important to try to unpack them in a um, relatively diplomatic way. Of course, we can acknowledge that there's some frighteningly ignorant and, and seemingly very dangerously stupid ways of thinking and, and maybe even people, um, which is my preference to saying evil. I'd rather not say evil. I prefer to say um, either willfully ignorant or just straight up dangerous as opposed to evil. But either yeah. way, no matter how many, whatever that percentage is, no matter how, who those people are, I don't see how we can possibly figure any particular challenge out, whether it's a 
some aspect of human rights or um, a uh, you know literal um, improving of a of an entire system of um, getting our needs met. Um, thinking of food in that regard, um, yeah. and and transportation, et cetera. All of these landscape details, all of these um, fundamental details. I don't think any of it can improve if we don't have a dramatic shift in how we like the actual education of our of ourselves and of our species. And that's been a major focus for me this year without even knowing that it was going to be and, and almost outlining what I think the, the educational model has to be. Um, seems like you're, you, you kind of get the, even though I think I sometimes am speaking in tongues, you're something's <laughs> being translated well. <laughs> for sure. No, I, I agree. I mean, there's definitely challenges in our, education from the education, the literal education system with schools, et cetera, but also like, like you said, being better humans, uh, as a whole, as a collective, we tend to be not super connected to ourselves and to others. I mean, community is huge. Having connection, you know, first to ourselves and being able to actually tune in to like, what am I thinking and feeling? You know, I've, I've had people reach out and say, you know, you're, you're an empath. And I think, well, aren't humans, isn't that <laughs> what humans are? Like, you know, maybe I'm just a little bit more tuned in than you're used to. Um, but, you know, that's a human thing. Humans are empathetic. We, we have so many distractions and ways to be n- non-present um, that we lose certain human parts about us. Yeah, you're not an empath. You're not an old soul. You've just cho- you've learned the value of certain tools, and you've chosen to prioritize using those tools and not um, disregarding them in a consistent way. Right, right, and like yeah. intuition. You know, if if you're constantly distracted and you're constantly worrying about the future and upset about the past, and you know, if you're not present you're not going to be able to tune into your, your intuition, um, to how other people are feeling. You're not going to be acknowledging what's right in front of you as well. Um, you know, I can, I can, I know I'm very different than I was five or six years ago, just because I'm more present and self-aware. So you've brought up self-awareness a lot. That's again, that's one, probably the biggest thing I value in people, you know, people who are highly self-aware, whether we have differences of opinion or not, they're much people I can relate to. You know, it's if someone is much more self-aware, that's just someone that I can connect with more. Well, if if self-awareness is a is a shared value, then the you know the toppings are gonna just be lessons. Like you're just gonna learn from each other. It's not a the dis- Again, it goes back to oh, come for, we'll come full circle here. <laughs> it's not a matter of trying to dominate or win or beat or con, or um, negate. Even it's a matter of okay, that's what you're presenting to me, and what I'm presenting to you is something we both need to uh, upgrade. Like you need to upgrade 
based on what I'm sharing and I need to upgrade based on what you're sharing. In other words, it's not that I'm right then you're wrong. It's not that I need to completely disregard myself or you need to completely um, shut up. There's something for us both to learn. And to me, self-awareness is so absolute. There are a few things that I think are absolute, but absolutely necessary for whatever that better human could be, um, which are, of course implies that we're, we're not uh, <laughs> anywhere close to our full potential, uh, which is implicit, of course, to you and me, or at least to yeah. me. Um, the, the relationship to conflict is fundamentally different because it's not a matter of being, you, know, you don't have to be afraid of getting deleted or, some sort of ending to yourself. It's not life or death. It's I have something to learn and something to share over and over and over. I think pri one of the primary issues with our educational model, um, and I don't literally even mean like in quote unquote schools, but just the way that we structure our, uh, again, sometimes not even intentionally, but concept of being human is we negate the fact that the learning never should stop. Right. It's a very subtle but extremely important point. If you want the learning to stop, that's, that's dangerous. Like there's an inherent danger to that, thinking that the learning should stop. You will then inevitably not be open to something new and you will want to be in conflict or at war with something other. You yeah. can't avoid it. You have to be open to learning. <laughs> Completely. Completely. I mean, you think about uh, science. <laughs> science the, the whole, that's the whole thing. You know, people argue about this and that. Oh, this study did this. Like, the whole thing about science is that, you know, it's constantly evolving. We're constantly learning more and adapting our beliefs based on what we continue to learn. And that's, that's life too. You know, it's just, we're all our own experiment in this life and learning more as we go. But even the way our education is set up, you know, you, you get, uh, you graduate from high school, you, you get a degree or you get a certification or you get this and it's okay. This is final. I am now certified in this. I don't have to, just the, the way some of that's set up and how we think of it and conceive of education, it is finite. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, the, structured. the term that I was introduced to last year by a, a colleague is destination addiction. Um, yeah. You don't even necessarily realize that you're, and I think there are other ways people phrase it, like a growth um, mindset versus a fixed ideation or fixed mindset mm -hmm. it's it's not these are necessary shifts the more i look at it like we're we have to reconcile that confusion so do you think we are i know you got to go in a minute but do you think we're doing it <laughs> i think the the change is what's your what's happening. your take on the climate <laughs> so the climate it's a uh shit storm <laughs> excuse yeah. my friend well you know i i was thinking about how when you, let's say you're, uh, you're organizing a room or reorganizing a room and in the middle of the process, it looks 
the worst it's ever going to look. You know, <laughs> it's like there's stuff thrown all about because you have to assess it. Where is it going to go? How am I going to organize? You pull everything out. And I think that's where we are in, in a way where things are getting pulled out. We're, we're pulling out our dirty laundry. We're figuring out what direction we need to go, how we need to organize this. I think things will improve. You know, there's a lot of awareness. People are gaining self-awareness. People are gaining awareness of others and some issues. Um, and I do think it'll lead to some positive change. So, but I, I think you nailed it with the conflict. When we stop learning or stop being open to new information or ideas, um, conflict happens and it's threatening. Mm-hmm. Any, anything that is contrary to what we believe or think or feel is a threat and we respond accordingly. Right, 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 right. So I sometimes take notes. I don't know if you could tell I was doing that. Oh, right. you um, I did. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't see. <laughs> ah, well, I know you got to go, so we might just have to leave it at that. Um, here, yeah, let's keep doing what we can to inspire that change in thinking and that change in awareness and and not have it all be about stressors but more stimulus. Let's let's ex, let's expose ourselves to those stimulus, especially as we uh approach Well, the best parts about winter is you you know, the ice baths are uh easier to find. That's true. That's Any, very true. <laughs> In this part of the world. That's um, what is your evening? Uh, you said you have a meeting? Um, did I say that? No. That oh, makes sense. It's Thanksgiving tomorrow. I, uh, so I'm uh, filming something for my, actually my online, I'm filming a little class for my online uh, mobility membership. Okay. And then I, I plan to actually do some, some breath work, some quiet time. I'll probably actually turn all the lights out. Get a little chill out after that. After filming, you know, again, it's a lot of talking, so that yeah. sympathetic nervous system gets a little elevated. And uh, <laughs> mm, so. I've heard of it. Yeah. Well, I guess there's nothing more than to just wish you happy Thanksgiving and to have fun with what you're about to do and carry on as you you obviously do every day. And power to you. Glad to know you. Um, think that's about it what about you well i appreciate you having me on here colin i i would be happy to come back i'm i'm we could talk all day i think if we had the time and uh (laughs) so yeah i i I I love the questions and um yeah i think we're always having these stimuli thrown at us and we do at least to a degree we have some choice on how we respond to them yeah and like you you hit it earlier you have a even the it's not a tongue twister you have a choice in how you respond to your initial response even which is even which is relatively more important and accurate um right and i sometimes think of it like a rubik's cube like well i don't i can't do anything about that but clearly this this piece can move so i can let's play with that and that's where i have the power to choose in the moment um obviously i we don't have the power to change everything it's a question of what 
what can you be yeah in relationship to better every moment and your perspective is a constant i seem I, i think basically what you're saying it is a constant uh tool totally why we come back to that over and over and over perspective is huge and uh yeah i i I love that and i i think again like relating to choice sometimes it's as simple as like oh i'm (laughs) i'm having negative self-talk i can choose to judge myself further or i can accept that and say hey let's stop right now (laughs) so you know it's like we at some point down the line there's a choice that we can we can take power over cheers to that and yeah we'll talk again um someday maybe we can toss a frisbee around and then you will you'll have you won't look as ridiculous that's right yeah i'll have someone to throw it to me so (laughs) awesome man probably won't throw it as well as you but you're well i i prefer when people don't throw it anywhere near me so that i can run (laughs) (laughs) fair enough yeah thank you thanks for joining me Thanks for having me. Have a wonderful night. Enjoy your Thanksgiving, however you guys celebrate. Thank you. You too. Enjoy. Good night. And there you have it, folks. The one and only Brian Nevison. A good guy. Just an all-around good guy. Hey, John. Thanks for that. (laughs) Um, Let's see. There's not a whole lot, obviously, to wrap up about there. I think he represents something really important. And it was a delight to get to know him. And I hope you enjoyed it. That was episode, I just checked, 12 for season three. Aiming to get uh, 20 by the end of the year. And we're nearing the end of the year. But I'm thinking we're going to get it. We're going to cram a few more in. But you got a lot, a lot more coming. The next... Two, I know for sure, going to be Alex Tonegas, uh, a good friend, Feldenkrais practitioner, Jeff Mateus, known him, for, feels like a long time, but actually it hasn't been that long. Uh, met him in a really fun way, and his explorations right now into, actually both Alex and Jeff are exploring the works of Charles Eisenstein. We're going to get into some of that and similar territory. Sarah Romanos, Joe Montone. I know I've mentioned this before. Um, so there you go. That's already putting us at 16, and we I think we're going to get all 20. That's the goal. It's a good goal. One of many for 2020. Okay. I appreciate you letting me ramble. All right. Thank you. And comments are always welcome. Um Check out Brian specifically at Smiles Take You Miles because they do, and he's living proof. Thank you, Brian, most importantly. It's a pleasure to get to know you. I look forward to more. Thank you for being you. All right. Be well, everybody.